0: Welcome back to the Regents podcast. Uh, it is so good today to have our very special guest, Rich. Rich, <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> it's what a, a pleasure!
1: What a privilege to be with you. Yes. Good. Am how I your you? first? I'm your first lecturer. You yes. are.
0: You are our first lecturer. Come on <laughs> now. <laughs> so, Rich is a lecturer at uh, Regents in the Performing Arts Department. I am. How oh, yeah. exciting is that? Yes. And very I'm sure exciting. you'll tell us all a little bit about that. But how are you doing? Yeah well thank you it's a strange
1: part of the year because it's um, I I'm, I'm not teaching any modules sort of on a in, in like the weekly block
0: mm-hmm.
1: way but we are heading towards the third year production so I'm directing that a lot so that's sort of, so it's a weird it's, it's sort of a strange part of my year where yeah. I'm almost I'm not really lecturing I'm just directing there mm. which is which is sort of what I did before yeah i came here so it's a strange sort of throwback to my <laughs> my previous life um but quite but quite nice because now i'm just and, and and the relationship with students is quite different then because mm. when you're directing them it, you know it's very yeah. different from just yeah. lecturing so i'm not just giving information I might be yeah. you know I don't, I don't know what i'll be doing but it's 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 a very different you know you know how it is. Yeah. it's yeah. a very different, it's different sort of dynamic it is um, yeah. and that's quite nice because it's because you're much more like a peer you know um I mean, admittedly, I'm the peer that's in charge. Yeah. But, so, but still, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, a nice, it's a nice way to end, especially with third years who you've been on a journey with. Yeah, yeah. And then to have this quite intense working dynamic right at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only sad thing is, of course, then they're, they're leaving, and you said mm-hmm. so you've we've just made friends. But, yeah. <laughs> but now they're off. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, but no, it's fun. It's a nice time.
2: Yeah, that's good. So throughout all the different years that you do the teaching for, and what would you say is your favourite module that you lecture?
1: yeah I wondered if you'd asked that uh, and I have no good yeah. answer <laughs> I noticed that you'd enjoyed performance in the church well yes. done yeah. <laughs> uh, thank you and it's, that is a favourite of mine mm-hmm. I, li- I do like sort of goes against what I just said about directing but I, I do quite like the ones that deal with a lot of theory mm-hmm. um, I think partly because I think performing arts students are not necessarily expecting to talk about Plato or Aristotle mm-hmm. or later on to talk about René Girard and all these kinds of theorists And and I think that's one of the things that a degree course can give that maybe a drama school might not that actually i want you to think about why we might act why performance is of any value to the church um so yeah so i quite i I enjoy that and because i had to learn it myself when i came here so it was it's, it's sort of i mean i've been here 13 years now so it's not exactly new information but it's certainly information that i've been wrestling with mm. over quite over a little time now yeah. so I, it was it was new to me and so i enjoy sort of passing that on
0: very cool i mean obviously james on a, a prior podcast spoken a little bit about the performing arts track but you know some of that just goes over my head sometimes you know what i mean because <laughs> like, i'm not all, all clued in but uh now we've got the the main man himself here Chris. why don't you just give us a little insight into what the performing arts course is maybe for some of those guys who don't know a lot about regents or the the, what the performing arts track is, yeah. what's that got to do with, with anything, really? really? What's that about?
1: Yeah, good question. Uh, I sometimes wonder. Um, <laughs> no, it's, it's... Well, it's a few things, really. Um, I came to performing arts because I loved it, really. So I, mm-hmm. I've since had to justify, you know, in a sort of theological way, why might you perform? Um, but, it, but that isn't where it started. It started because I loved it, and it seemed to be core to who I was. And I found that I wasn't alone in that and that there's, there's other people who are Christians who seem to be driven, called, whatever word you want to use, to perform in some way. But there's a sort of worry that goes along with that. You know, mm-hmm. is, it, is it just my ego? Is it, I, is it pride? Is it, you know, there are all kinds of things that, and other Christians will tell you that maybe it is or will be suspicious about the use of performance in some way. Um, but my first acting jobs, or amongst my first, were with Christian companies. Mm-hmm. And so we were trying to not just tell the gospel, but bring it alive to incarnate it in some way, inevitably, inadequately. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we were trying to make it experientially real as mm-hmm. best we could. Um, and that seemed, and I just, not, I mean, sometimes it was embarrassing and bad, but sometimes something quite profound seemed to happen. Mm-hmm. And people met with God in a, in a particular way via actors presencing God there mm-hmm. or, or attempting to do that at least. So yeah. I got very interested in how that happens. And um, when Regents moved here to Malvern, there was a theatre building um, and that gave them the yeah. idea of is there any mileage in exploring this? I was working with a Christian theatre company called Salt Mine. We ex- we'd wanted a way of training people mm-hmm. um, and so it sort of came together in a strange what if you weren't a Christian you would call a, a coincidence but yeah, yeah. I see it's something more mm-hmm. uh, profound than that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so really what the course is trying to do is, is trying to teach people how to act, how to perform better, how to teach the techniques of acting. Yeah. It's trying to help them to develop Material. So, what do you perform? But it's also asking questions about why we perform at all, and um, and trying to help them to position that performance as intimately linked with their Christian walk. Um, mm. That's that's what it's trying to do. Yeah, no, very cool.
0: Yeah, I mean, when I came to join Regent's, I kind of knew that going down the, the church leadership track was what I wanted to do originally, and I had never even realised that Regent's did a performance arts track until I started to. Uh, sign up and you know, and it's just really interesting to hear what it's all about really and I've enjoyed seeing some of the performances that have been put on I, I know you're speaking about the, the retreat that's coming yeah. up soon so does that kind of thing happen every year?
1: It happens every year it's always different the, the, the students shape what it is so basically at the beginning of the third year or probably at the, the beginning of the end of second year really I will, I will meet with students and sort of say well, what kinds of things you're interested in and at that point they normally have no idea. It's just whatever mm-hmm. will get me the best marks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, you know, they students have some idea. You know, maybe it's um, we'd like to do something quite immersive. We'd like to, to, to do something that's interactive or, or whatever. So they have some kind of stylistic idea of what it might be. Okay. Um, but, but this year, the students had, had a relatively strong idea. That, so they, they, they were interested in maybe using something like the Seven Deadly Sins as, a, as an organising principle for the piece. Mm-hmm. Um, we've sort of moved away from that, but that, that's how we started. Yeah. Um, and what we've ended up with is this play about a bunch of women who have come away on this retreat together. Essentially, the, the retreat is this, this, this sort of refuge for people who've, who realise their brokenness in mm-hmm. some way. Mm-hmm. Um, and they say that through myth, through, through story, and through vigils, so they're sort of communing with nature. They're trying to unlock meaning in their lives. It's not a Christian place at all. It's 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 a relatively secular thing, although for some sort of notion of spirituality. And what the what the play really does is it shows you their journeys as they try to discover some meaning and what they find. And this is, I guess, where the seven deadly sins sort of legacy lives on: is that they're trapped in patterns of behaviour. Mm-hmm. Um, that they can't break out of. And, and, the, and they begin by saying, look, you are who you say you are here. So we'll accept you as you are.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But what they discover is that, that that's quite a useful first place. But what if who you are is irredeemably corrupt or is mm. or is or you don't like who you are and you don't know how to change? So the, so the play isn't a kind of evangelistic, there's no kind of call to the front <laughs> yeah. at the end. But it, but it does take you to the question of, well, well what if, who you actually are at quite a deep level is in profound need of change. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's, and that's typical, I guess, of the kind of productions that we do here, that they've been informed by theology, but they're not necessarily trying to communicate it very directly. It's it's an exploration Mm -hmm. of a a theme. No, that's really interesting,
0: and a great take on how to, in one sense, do evangelism. Yeah, right. Yeah, Um, Yeah, very cool. We, of course,
2: have, different companies coming in from outside of regions to perform here. You had your um, play which you wrote yes. as well, The Uneasy Sleeps of Max Maxwell. Um, so how about, do you go through the writing process? Do you follow a structure? Do you keep the same with different plays mm. that
1: you write? Yeah, it's, it's different. Well, it's similar and different, you know, so it's, um, with that particular play, uh, so it's called The Uneasy Sleeps of Max Maxwell, it was exploring questions of artificial intelligence. <laughs> um, and that's not a subject I'm actually, Inherently interested in, you know, I'm not a scientific guy. I'm not, I don't have a smartphone I'm the least technical person you'll meet probably. But, um, so my first job in a way is to get interested Uh, probably a bit like a research paper, you know, if you're not interested in it, it's hard to write You've got to find a way into it And I thought, and and so I'm not interested in AI and it's in the big questions of whether the robot's going to take over Um, I doubt it Uh, but I am interested in how it affects people. Uh, and, and, and so then I started researching it. We had a team of scientists advising us on that process um, and they were very interested in it so I could catch their enthusiasm a bit. Yeah. Um, and so then it became, well, what's the story? And, and, and the stories are really about people and yeah. the fact that they're interacting with uh, an artificial intelligence is, is in a, was just an interesting writing challenge for me. It wasn't, it wasn't it, so it didn't particularly change the process. So um, it's always about finding the human story, I think. that for me, it's, it's finding what do people love? You know, what's at stake in their story? Those, those are the kinds of things. Yeah. Um, but it was a bit unusual. The other thing that was unusual was it was over the pandemic. So it was all Zoom meetings right. and it got delayed. So I wrote it three years ago and then it was finally performed this year. So that was strange. as well. I, I didn't really remember the play that well and then it was performed. And, and in fact, at one point, I... I, I I wrote to writing lights, and they asked for my feedback and I said, I really liked it, but there were a couple of things I wasn't sure about. You seem to have changed this section and I didn't really like the way you changed it. And they said, no, we we didn't change that. And I looked at the
0: script and (laughs) it was right. That was what I wrote. (laughs) So I was like, yeah, sorry. (laughs) Quite funny, yeah. So you've been been at Regents for 13 years? Yeah. Yeah. What's been um, like a highlight over those 13 years, would you say? What's been... It's something you've enjoyed the most, yeah. I do like, I, I really like the
1: job in general. Really, I do, I, I do. I mean, I don't always like it, there, there are moments when I'm you know frustrated and, and whatever, as well. I'm sure we all are, but by and large, I have really liked it. Seeing what students go on to do mm-hmm. is uh, is amazing, so mm-hmm. there are a lot. I mean, I you know, I'm sort of generically proud of all my students, I think. Uh, I don't know of any that are <laughs> now in prison or something. But, uh, I, I, but you know, the, I hear particular stories of, 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 of students doing amazing things. Yeah. And uh, and that's brilliant. So yeah. just an example of that. There's a, there's a company called Forefront Theatre Company. Okay. Um, they, they were created by four students here, um, while some of them were still students. And they've been going now for, I don't know how many years, but a long time now. And... Um, they're going into schools. They're telling people about Jesus. They're running virtual Sunday schools. They've done amazing work. Oh, fantastic! And um, you know, and and, it, and they met because of the course. You know, so I don't know how much I helped, but to some degree, I helped. You yeah, know, yeah. I, can, I can claim some credit. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, know, yeah I reckon yeah. about whatever it is, like a royalty, like ten percent of anyone who gets saved. I think Yeah, yeah. Incredible. <laughs> uh, fair so, enough. Yeah, I think that's only
0: really fair. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and we often yeah. chat to um, some of the people that come on podcasts mm-hmm. about maybe just the, the community feel at Regent and um, obviously you know you, you go home at the end of the day whereas a lot of the people we've had on we, they stay on all the time
1: yes they don't how, come to my home yeah no no, no <laughs> they don't come to your house <laughs> that'd be <no>. strange <laughs> no. Hi yeah.
0: um, how would you say how would you see the community at Regent yeah what do you, what do you think it looks like from your perspective
1: well it's di- yeah it's different from me isn't yeah. it um, I mean I as a, I suppose that what I meant when I was talking about the third year show was partly that I am to some degree on the outside of it. You know, I'm very aware that the students have their own community and that at night there is a different... like David film, you know, <laughs> different <laughs> animals emerge that I don't know about. Um, and, uh, and that's fine and that's how it, how it should be. You know, I, I have a different role. But, so the community that I'm in really is the faculty community. Yeah. Um, and that is really great. I love... I love being part of this faculty. I was uh, uh, when I first arrived. I was looking around the table and just amazed that I was sitting with these with these people because they're so. They've just read things that I haven't read. They have knowledge that I don't have. They have we have specialisms and, mm-hmm. and they're just really exciting people to talk to. So you know you, you sit down with someone like Dr. Martin Clay, uh, who has just studied the Bible in a way that I have I never have. And he has a very different take on it, and he's very humble with it, mm. which is very annoying, <laughs> uh, but just amazing. You know, and every now and again he'll say something, and his breadth of knowledge is weird. So, like, you know, he's an Old Testament lecturer here, but he, his PhD was in the New Testament, and he's read a lot of philosophy. So he, he will suddenly start to Mike Heidegger, who, of course, he's read in the German. Uh, and so you'll sort of, suddenly he'll say something and you think, but but you know, everyone is. Um, I like everyone on faculty, apart from. Uh, no. um, <laughs> I like everyone on faculty, that, and it's a, and it is a really mutually supportive yeah. community. We all like each other. I work with Ollie very closely. He's a very close friend. That's a that's a rare thing. I think coming mm-hmm. to work and then you've got a really good friend that you just hang out with for quite a lot of the days. Yeah, so yeah. That's an amazing thing. Uh,
0: really? So yeah. that's that's amazing. really cool. Well, yeah. I think Next it's time. time. Oh yes. I no, the best time. In the game. best segment.
2: <laughs> The game they sweeping the nation. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Everyone knows about it, of course. <laughs> Lists and Twists. Woo! <laughs> amazing. What we privilege. love, Lists and us. What a friend <laughs> to be involved. Great. Well, we are asking for your top three favorite films mm, of Full all time. time, as well.
1: Of all time. Okay. All time. All right. Well, I'll, this will have to be rough, and it will, okay. you know, on a different day, it would change. Okay. Um, Take us through a journey. Okay. <laughs> So I think, I would say the second Godfather film is is about as good as as filmmaking gets. I think the Godfather part two is very good. Uh, The acting in it is amazing. I'd say that's number one. Um, uh, When I was in maybe 18 or something, I saw a film called Gross Point Blank, which is a kind of funny, slightly dark comedy about a hitman going to his high school reunion. Uh, with kind of, a, kind of a sort of indie rock soundtrack I thought it was the coolest thing <laughs> then I still think it's a great film um, I, I'm going to say that's, that's there as well cool. um, is, is this in an order? Um,
0: it's not.
1: It's not. I think probably at the moment it is I'd say that's probably okay. number two um, my third favourite film um, I should put a, I'm studying horror films at the moment so I'm wow. doing my PhD I'm doing a PhD at the moment and I'm looking at monsters so I ought to put a monster film in there and I think the monster film I would choose is Dog Soldiers a werewolf movie Directed by Neil Marshall, my, probably my favourite werewolf movie. Right. Um, it's a very good film. Very good. Mm. I haven't well, seen that.
0: I can't say I've seen
1: any of those. I haven't seen ones, any of those, no. Yeah, I, was, I, was, I was worried about this. All <laughs> <laughs> oh, right, it's Star Wars, fine. It's Star Wars. Well,
0: the twist is yes. is there a particular part, maybe in those, in those ones you've just mentioned, or you know, maybe in another one, another film, that you have always had the desire? to play as? Which, which character, which role do you think... Do you know what? I'd just love to give that a go. Oh, that's a good question.
1: Um, yeah, The, the Godfather is, t- is, is too difficult because they're all too good. So all of the actors in there are better than me. Um, so that, I think, would be beyond me. Um, I think... I'm, I, I'm not better than any of the actors in Dog Soldiers, but I quite like the idea. Of,
0: mm-hmm.
2: I,
1: I think... It's like a computer game, so I think I like the idea of fighting werewolves. You can do it. I would be afraid. <laughs> yes. Uh, but um, I'd, I'd quite like...
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It you effect. know, in theory, in a film. <laughs> in in like, cool. like, yes. Yeah, in,
1: I, I think that would be, that would
0: be fun. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I was speaking to James just before, as we were preparing, and, you know, I reckon I could do a good Batman. Join I disagreed. <laughs> 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 okay, what makes you... I don't know, I just feel like I've got those qualities, you know... <laughs> I'm joking.
1: Aren't oh, well, I, I mean, yeah. But, I am yeah. glad that you changed. Darkly steering. Yeah, yeah. But you yeah. Took, and you took the mask off before. Yeah, nice, which was, was good. I was amazed. Yeah. It was you
0: actually. I've always wondered who it was. Have you ever seen me and Batman in the same room? I never have. No, <laughs> no I no. never have. I
1: mean, is that accent that you're doing now? Is that your? I put it on. You put it on. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. Give us your real. voice.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe another day. Come <laughs> <Okay. Go> on. Batman. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It is you. It is me. Yeah. Fantastic. Well,
2: yeah. Sorry for doubting
1: me. <laughs> James, what was, have you got a character mm. that you'd be?
2: I'm not too sure. There are so many different characters that I like and I'm interested in. Um, but I don't think there's a standalone one. Um, mm, I don't know. Someone, an authoritative character, I think. Yeah, I see mm. you that way. Maybe
1: Emperor Palpatine, maybe. Just your rebel friends. Good.
2: Yeah, maybe. I mean, that's just, I don't, I'm not speaking that over your life. I'm just, it's yeah, just a thought. Um, <laughs> Look <yeah>. a bit like <laughs> in too, James. Thank you so much. We've got to be the Joker, just to go against Yeah, you. yeah, cool. Oh, uh, yeah, that would be, nice. be <laughs> nice. I think
1: Joker and Batman ought to present a, a podcast.
2: <laughs> yeah, Very nice.
0: All right, we'll dress up as them next week, James. Sorted, yeah. Again, would be, be, be a good balance between I mean, order and chaos, yeah, 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 just yeah. Sort of, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that would be good. Very cool. Well, that brings us to the end of Listen to Us. Sad times. And uh, yeah. maybe on to the main part of our podcast. Maybe, although
1: I sense people already switching off now. <laughs> no, it doesn't true. get any better than that. Yeah.
0: But um, yeah, we'd just like to know about your testimony and, you know, what, what Rich is all about, what your life's all about, and um, maybe just could share a little bit of that with us. Sure, of course. I would be delighted. Yeah, so my, t- my
1: testimony, I guess, my story of becoming a Christian, is a weird combination of quite intense spiritual encounter and then moments of feeling like god is nowhere to be found so my parents became christian when i was um, about five and their story is this really strange encounter with evil so they i won't go into it in great detail but they felt that their lives were under threat by a supernatural force of evil my dad was an aggressive atheist well not aggressive like physically but, but just his, his atheism was expressed you know firmly and until then but had been raised Christian and so when he found that his life because they believed it you know, it, it destroyed his worldview, but he believed that their lives were threatened by something terrible uh, but because he had a Christian upbringing himself he knew where to go so he went to his dad really and said look I don't, I don't believe in God but if there's a power of Evil. There must be a power of good, and we have to we have to ask that power of good to help. So my granddad, who lived in the same village as us, came and they and prayed in every room of our house, and they felt this presence of evil going. I didn't know about that, of course, except that there was a room in our house that I'd always had nightmares. It was our bedroom, and I I couldn't sleep in it. But I always had nightmares, and after that, that all went away. Um, I was brought, so I, I went to a church school, so I had some sort of knowledge of Jesus in a kind of the way that kids do, um, so, and I think I sort of believed naively, just because my teachers had said, you know, Jesus was, was nice, and I thought, okay. But there was this immense difference in my mum and dad, and because they'd had this sort of spiritual encounter with evil, they, um, with, with no sort of training or knowledge, didn't go to the churches that were in our village because they 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 felt well i don't want to say anything unkind but they didn't feel right to them they, they, they needed something more spiritually engaged so they became what we would call pentecostal although they didn't know it was called that they were they prayed they were filled with the spirit and so and then they started this house group in our ch- in our house so church became our house and people started to come from the village and it was this place of of uh spiritual gifts were, were on dis- full display it was it, my dad would be like dancing in the living room with a tambourine mm-hmm. which was really useful Classic for tambourine. me <laughs> of course of course in uh, grade eight uh, <laughs> um, which you know you can imagine as a as a going to primary school, how helpful that is when people walk past your house and say, Dad, Rich, I, think I saw your dad dancing with them. I was like, yes, yeah, please, and like many of the cool kids, my father is a dancer. Um, so it was, it was a bit weird, but it was undeniably real, you know. So my experience of God was first this kind of wild spiritual splurge of experience of people prophesying and all this kind of stuff. So it was undeniably, re- I can't, so I don't think I'll ever reach a point, you know, whatever happens in my life, I can never say that God isn't, isn't real, because I've seen this huge difference in my, my mum and dad's, but it was, it was somewhat at second hand, you know, mm-hmm. so I, I saw it, and I believed it, Um, and at times I experienced something, but not a full, not the way my mum and dad were, I wasn't dancing, I was Slightly, you know, I, I was on the edges of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I knew it was true, but it, it didn't transform me. Um, even though, you know, and I remember Mum would run the kind of Sunday school as far as it was. Uh, and, I, and, and I remember one time she, she, I started to cry because she'd helped me to understand that we are all sinful um, and in need of salvation. And I knew that really as a, you know, I was probably 11 or 12 years old at this point, mm-hmm. so I didn't cry often, but, um, but I knew it, but I'd been sort of acting out and tra- trying to avoid, I didn't like what we were talking about. And, yeah. and, and but she, she didn't let go and she, she carried on. And, and so I'd, I'd had an experience of my own sinfulness and prayed for forgiveness, um, but nevertheless at school, I wanted to be popular, and I wanted to be like everyone else. And I um, and people knew I was a Christian at school, so I wasn't. I didn't hide that, but I did try to fit in with other people. So I taught myself to swear, um, which I didn't do as a as a young child, but as a teenager, I I, I started to do, um, and that trend continued into through school really, and into university um, where. I just wanted to be like everyone else. I wanted to have a girl, you know. I wanted to have—I no, was going to say girlfriends. A girlfriend would would be, would be fine. Um, and um, and God, I didn't. And I didn't want what Mum and Dad had, which was God for, to, to be the the, the sole and only thing. You know, I felt like their lives are just dominated by their faith. I, I want faith to be a part of my life, but not like you know I, want, I I got excited yeah. by acting and, and all that stuff and, I, and you know I wanted to be an actor and that's what i'm gonna do and 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 yeah I believe in god and i and I'll be a good christian but on my own terms yeah. you know and and that that really went on until university and at university things were going really well in in some ways i was I was cast as Hamlet um as a first year in a in a big studio in a studio <laughs> no <laughs> student <laughs> production and you know I, and I was thrilled and I, and it was it was going to be great. Uh, it wasn't great, but I thought it was going to be great. Uh, I was going out with a girl that I was in love with and who I've later married. Um, and I'm still worried too. Uh, and um, that was all good. So my romantic life was finally going well. And, and I became profoundly depressed. And I, I became paranoid and jealous. And, and I didn't know what was wrong with me. And I went to the doctor and the doctor said, well, you're depressed. And I said, well, yes, I am. I told you that. Uh, what, do I, what do I do about it? And they said, well, I'll take these pills and they'll help you sleep. And they did. But, you know, the, 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 in fairness, the medication did help. I wasn't sleeping well, and it, it did. It, mostly, that's what they gave me sleeping pills. Um, and they were helpful. But actually, I, I felt, and I'm not saying that this is true for, you know, in general, for people with, with mental health challenges, but for me, I felt that what was behind it was that there was this hypocrisy, there was this double lot life going mm-hmm. on in my heart where I was trying to live these two lives and it wasn't tenable it was mm-hmm. this schism in my soul that I had to do something about so, so that, I sort of chart my Christian journey really from when I uh, in my student room said God I'm sorry I've messed up, I'm trying, I don't want to live my life by myself anymore, I want you to be in charge of it That was that, you know, and so that—that is kind of when I chart. Yeah, my—if I said, "When did you become a Christian?" Yeah, I've I've sort of given my heart to God many times, but that's probably the moment I think that was the decisive point where I said, "Okay, this is this is a decision now. This is my own decision." And, And since then, when I talk about God, sort of. Not knowing where God is, I've I very rarely had those moments of intense spirit, so it isn't like, but now I'm dancing, now I'm playing my tambourine. I, I, don't, I don't experience God in the same way that my mum and dad do. I do experience God, but, but in a very in much quieter way. And often, what it is now is that you know, if I pray for guidance, as I often have, I very rarely feel, ah, oh, now I know what to do. Mm-hmm. I've gone ahead. Hoping, believing, trusting that it might be the right thing to do, and that God isn't stopping me, and I've and I've said Your will be done, and then looking back over my life, I can see time and again that mm. decisions I've made mm-hmm. have led to just brilliant things that could not have happened if I'd gone the other apparently equally, you know, uh, viable yeah. route. So, so that's kind of how I see, um, yeah. That's, I guess that's where I am now, yeah. and that's how I ended up with this job, um, which was partly because. I went to a university that it was in Scotland, in St Andrews, the same one that St William, um, William, Prince William went to, although he went a little after me, cashing in on the (laughs) reputation that it had acquired. And and they they only did their standard was a four-year master's degree, Mm -hmm. so it was only because I'd done that, and I nearly went to Durham or somewhere else um, where it would have been a BA. It was only because I had the MA that I could start teaching here but it was an arbitrary, it
0: seemed arbitrary, that decision. Yeah, 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 that's fantastic. I just, I love, um, you know, I feel like when you talk to lots of people, there's often the theme of having maybe two separate, um, not lives, but kind of ways of viewing yourself or ways of acting. I know I personally can attest to that, maybe feeling like one person at school and another person at church and things like that, and I I often found that that comes up uh, lots of times and... No, yeah, thank you for sharing, it's just really, really poignant, as well as, I love what you say about, um, especially, I know for myself growing up in church, um, maybe, how you say, secondhand, faith, that kind of thing, uh, it's a difficult one, isn't it, you know, because at that point, you're just, you're rolling with it, you're a child, it's what you've been taught to know. And, in a sense, you roll with everything mm-hmm. your parents do.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So, like, if they, if they said something, then, yeah, that's, that's how it is. That's what I'm doing. That's what I'm following. And it, only, it comes to a certain point where I know, actually, I have my own choice to make here, my own decision to say, like you said, Lord, I don't just want to go with what my parents are doing, but actually, I want this for myself, my yeah. own personal connection. And I think that's what's so special about Jesus. And it, it doesn't just have to be something that you see other people with or see your parents have, but actually it's your own personal thing. And even like you said, right now, you know, after all of these the years of going through this journey with Jesus, the way you experience God is still different to the way your, your parents do. Yeah. And how special is that? Yeah,
1: that's really interesting.
0: Yeah. And, it, and I guess that's, it's lovely then that you can,
1: that then you can talk to your parents, um, parents or whoever you know has been a kind of mentor to you yeah, yeah. and and you're offering something back in a way because they yeah. experience god differently through your experience yeah. right that, yeah. um, which is that is amazing and, and sort of humbling and
0: mm. uh, yeah. yeah fantastic that's very good what would maybe be one thing like right now that you would want to say to your younger self what would be one maybe one piece of advice I think, I think what I'd say to my
1: younger self is, is pay attention to where your heart and soul comes alive. Um, so I think, not just, not just on faith terms, but I think I've, you know, I want to be liked. I, I, you know, it's, it's, that's a drive, it's, it's maybe not the, the most attractive part of me, but it's, but it's there. You know, I'd like, I'd like to be liked, and I'd like to be... Um, Popular and what have you, and so I think I've often let my ta- let my tastes be dictated by what I thought was acceptable. Mm. Um, so that's not just about not being, you know, not openly trying to convert anyone at school or whatever. But even like what, what music I like or what what books I read or films I like. You know, that I've, sometimes I felt embarrassed about things that I liked. So, for example, when I was a, when I was a kid, you know, when my parents became a Christian, this is one of the things that I profoundly disagreed with them about when I became a teenager. They sort of we didn't get rid of a lot of books, I don't think, but it, they may as well have done because it, it felt as though if what you're reading is not explicitly Christian, um, then why are you reading it? So we had we were allowed no, that's not fair. We weren't allowed. We had all the like the Narnia books, the C.S. Lewis stuff, and then we we, we sort of read um, Tolkien, and that was cons- that was sort of equally fine. But I sort of felt as though there were certain things that, that you could read. So certainly like the stuff that I'm reading about, the horror stuff, I think that would, that would have not gone down well in my, in my house. Um, but then when I went to university, I felt a bit embarrassed that my background was, you know, I was Lewis and Tolkien. Um, and, and maybe I should have been reading James Joyce or something a bit more sophisticated or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so I tried to sort of read what other people on English. And my degree was in English literature. So, you know, there was a certain sophistication of taste that was expected. Yeah. And then I, and so I sort of tried to read more sophisticated stuff. And the, the truth of the matter is I, I preferred Lewis and Tolkien. Um, now, there's stuff that I read there that I did really like and I encountered really great writers. But I wish I'd just had a bit more courage, not just in, for other people, but even for myself to say, yeah, but don't forget, actually, you liked this stuff. Yeah. You know, it, it wasn't imposed on you. It wasn't a chore that you had yeah, to read this. You, yeah. you liked it. And so, and the same with music, you know, the, the, I just... So I, I think I'd like to sort of be able to say to my younger self, just, just try to pay, be more attentive to what you actually like, not, not what you, you think you should like. And I, and I think also just don't feel like just because you've discovered a new thing, you have to reject the old thing. Yeah, you know, yeah, I think, uh, right. yeah. So that, that's, that, I guess that's, that would be sort of my advice mm. to myself.
2: Um, very insightful. <laughs> yeah. So looking okay. at... I suppose, just to the future as well. Um, What would you like to see happen in, I suppose, the next five years? Because usually we would have students on and we could focus on what happens after Regents, Mm -hmm. Um, but obviously with you staying at Regents, it's more so like, across the next five years, just what would you like to Mm -hmm. see happen in general? Um, Not necessarily for your life, but just anyone you're close to's lives as well. Um, Just, yeah, anything like that. Oh, yeah,
1: great question. So many things. Well I've got a daughter um she's 10 she's going to secondary school uh in September I guess um so I have worries and hopes there mm-hmm. you know I, I'd like her to have, to make friends to be happy and and I'd love her to discover Jesus for herself you know she's we've we've started having these t- discussions mm-hmm. she she asked me how do I know if I'm a Christian or not recently which wow. is, uh, which is a good question. I didn't have mm. a great answer. Yeah. So, well, I Well, just keep praying. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, um, yeah. but, um, Was it?
0: How do you know you're a Christian? How, how does she know? She how, how, yeah. How, know. how do I know?
1: How do I know if, if I if I believe or not? You know. So yeah, she says, yeah. I think I believe, mm-hmm. but how do I how do I really know? Okay. Uh, it's just is a question I've not thought of, about. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I just not really haven't really thought of that. Uh, <laughs> so if anyone, you know, <laughs> in the comments. <laughs> <laughs> <I'll>, <laughs> But yeah, so I didn't know. So I'd like. So that's a hope. I'd like to. Mm -hmm. I mean, that would be amazing if she if she really found Jesus for herself. Um, But I'm also kind of mentally preparing myself for the teenage kind of rejection of stuff that her parents have told her, and you know, so Mm -hmm. that's a worry. But I guess I just have to be patient and calm and whatever, and, and and praying for wisdom of when to say anything and when to mm-hmm. let them go their own way. I don't, yeah, I don't know yeah, what yeah. the right answer is going to be on any of that. I don't even know what the questions are yet. But <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, okay. yeah. Um, I suppose other things that are happening, I'm, 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 I'm in the middle of a PhD, the it actually technically isn't a PhD yet. At the moment I'm, I have to have an upgrade meeting where they decide whether what I'm doing is, is good enough to, to, to carry on into a PhD. But I'm, I'm looking at these monsters, these horror stories, and, um, and I'm trying to say why the question i'm asking really is why are we afraid of these these things so vampires zombies and werewolves why are we afraid of them what do they speak to in our soul and yeah. how as christians can we in loving our neighbor engage with the things that our neighbor are afraid of um you know what what does our societal fears how, how does that open space for dialogue um Ooh. So that's, that's really, the, that, that's, those no are the questions question. I'm asking. So I, I don't have the answers to that yet, so, no. but those are, the, those are the questions I'm asking. Um, and I suppose more broadly, how does, how does fiction, how does something that takes place in the world of imagination, what relationship does that have to truth at all? You know, uh, Jesus uses the imagination. He tells stories that never happened. He tells parables. What, so there is a connection somewhere. But, but what is that and how do we assess the value of it? Um, so they're, they're quite tricky yeah. questions right, yeah. but um, quite important. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, And I think the church has neglected them, you know, I think, I think the, the church in general has, well, not all churches but I think the particular strand of church that I am in, um, these have been seen as quite secondary questions so we've mm. been very interested in beauty, uh, in truth and goodness. Beauty hasn't really featured much mm-hmm. and um, and I think the arts have been undervalued. Uh, mm-hmm. But not altogether for bad reasons, you know, so it's, it's complex. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah.
0: No, I see what you mean. Even if something is, you know, like you say, secondary, asking why is it secondary, and then is it because of bad reasons that it's secondary yeah. or for other things?
1: Yeah, well, I think as I mean,
0: we're, we're in a Pentecostal
1: college, so in, in the Pentecostal movement, in, in those denominations... I think the tendency is to think that uh, there are things that are of God and there are things where you are spending your time positively. So if I'm praying, if I'm reading the Bible, if I'm uh, doing good works, I am definitely within the will of God and I'm fine. Mm -hmm. Uh, But if I'm not careful, and this isn't, no one teaches, I don't think anyone teaches this, but it's a kind of, I don't know, it's sort of subconsciously communicated that there are therefore some things that you're doing and you're not really a, a full Christian, you know, you're not really being a full Christian, these things. So if you go into the movies, um, that's that's fun, but it's not especially relevant. Whereas my feeling is that may or may not be true, but it doesn't have to be, that actually if you're engaging with, with, with society's dreams, uh, that's quite a deep, you have something to say into that conversation as a Christian, you know, yeah. that, that's... You, you, you have something of value but it's useful to listen uh, to what is being said you know even something silly like a superhero movie to watch Batman you know what what are the values that are being incarnated by Batman you yeah. know he's a, uh, he, he's a, an agent of order but has to use violence uh, to do it uh, how do, you know, that, that, that asks quite interesting questions and Kri is also, also be able
0: to contribute yeah. to that
1: debate but you can't yeah. contribute if you haven't listened
0: that's, that's true I know let's something to like that maybe I haven't really appreciated before because you know maybe i would just go and watch Batman to watch Batman sure but, <laughs> but um, no, it's, no it's very interesting and yeah I like that that kind of approach as to you know if I am looking at this then why and, and where can I see Jesus in that would you say that possibly that could be used as in a fantastic tool or yeah. in a sense like sharing being able to yeah I, I suppose, suppose that what that you're saying sense. is how can you talk about it if you haven't seen it in a sense yeah,
1: yeah. I, and that's the emphasis i prefer to give I think that the, the problem <laughs> the problem with Christians um, in general uh, is that we, we're very quick and it's not a bad thing but we're very quick to, to turn everything to, a, to, be, to make everything a tool Mm. Uh, how can I use this to okay. further the gospel? And that's not a ter- you know and that comes from a good place. that comes because we want to love people and we think that Jesus is is ultimately the answer for everyone. Um, but I don't I, I don't want people to listen to me and think, oh okay, so I go to the cinema and then I sort of critically analyze it and then I sort of find my little gap yeah. for the gospel. I think, I think listening is more important than, than anything else. if you yeah. haven't, if you haven't heard someone, both in where they're happy or where they're sad, you're not really being a friend. You're treating them in a kind of utilitarian way. You're trying to treat them as, as, yeah. as just a kind of notch on the kind of evangelistic belt. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's... So there's so many reasons why you, why you should engage with art. Uh, first of all, it is fun. There's nothing wrong with going to the, to the cinema or reading a book or seeing a great painting or whatever and just experiencing beauty or joy or whatever it might be. Or even... Um, fear or horror at a distance so a safe distance there's something exciting about that um but 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 there there is then they're not sort of just discrete moments of art they are connecting to real world experiences to people's hopes and fears and so yeah of course there's a gap there for the christians to speak to Mm. if you've actually heard the conversation if you've been part of the conversation and part of that is just saying i thought this film was better than that um and just just engaging in the same kind of conversation as other, as other people um, do. It's really
0: interesting. Yeah. Definitely.
2: Yeah. Something I found watching films or plays, which has kind of ruined it in some ways, uh, just looking at the underlying sort of subtext and subplots beneath what's being shown and stuff like that. And I found that quite quite enjoyable but again it does sometimes ruin the experience of just sitting and enjoying something and so just always looking and... yeah it is, it
1: is it is i'm really i'm reading a guy at the moment who's he sort of says that you should come to art kind of knowing nothing and expecting nothing so uh, and, it, and that's an unachievable ideal i think because of course we come with all of our memory and beliefs and what have you but i think his idea is that the priority is first of all to that encounter with whatever the art is mm. um and then, of course, your faith, your beliefs, your, everything else comes flooding back in and you engage in it in some way. Yeah. But I think what the tendency in, in, that we teach our young people is, well, let's first of all see, what, what is the content of this? Are we happy that it's saying a good message? Um, if it's a good message, then you can listen to it. Well, right. that's silly. You know, so we only to listen to people that we agree with. Um, I, gave, I gave this talk at, uh, I forget what it was, it was some conference, and afterwards, Whoever it was um, stood up and sort of was obviously profoundly worried by what I said, and so, so I said, "Well, what I do is I, I look at the age rating, and uh, you know if, it, if it's anything above fifteen, I don't, I don't watch it because I know there's something there that won't be right for me." But I think, okay, fine. Well, if that's, and I don't want to, I don't want to force someone to watch something that disturbs them or or makes them uncomfortable. But the problem is that you are going to be consuming art only, at least in terms of films or games, that's made for a younger audience. So. Sometimes things are 18 because they're dealing with really profound and adult themes. Well, you want Christians able to talk on that level and who haven't, you know, just read the Narnia books like I had, uh, but have read Crime and Punishment and, you know, something else, you know, where it's it's dealing with darkness, uh, not not necessarily celebrating it. But um, if you never read it or engage with anything that disagrees with you, that's just a... it's children that do that, and we shelter children for a good reason, but, but once they start becoming adults, you, you have to let them encounter different ideas. Um.
0: That's really interesting. I think um, when you talk about this from two PA guys, you talk about all the, the art and the, the subplot and the subtext, and I suppose in a way I can see that, but perhaps often I don't see it as well as you see it, because you know it's, it's what you do. So like, for example, I remember uh, sitting in the car with my mum, and there would be some, some music on, and I loved music, and I would be able to hear every single yeah, right. part of the song, and, and I would, would be singing along, not to the melody, but to the, the, the bass part. Yeah, so. yeah. And then my mum would be like, oh, how can you hear that? Like, I can't hear that. Or I would ask her, can you, can you hear the, the guitar melody right at the back? And she'd be like, no, that's not there. And she'd listen a bit more carefully. and then. Finally, she'd be like, oh, yeah, actually, no, that is that a... How could you hear that straight away? And, and I suppose it's the same, same here. And I, mm. you know, maybe, maybe for me, it. I would have to try a lot harder to see these things that, when you approach a film or uh, a play, that you would, because of your you know, learning all about it, you would instinctively see. And, you know, it's great to hear a perspective on that that maybe I haven't heard before, so yeah. thank you. Thank you, well,
1: but no, not at all. I mean, but I think you're right, though, that um, it, that's true of everything, isn't it? That, mm. that someone said to me once, you know, she said... It, Rich, everything is interesting, and um, at that point, I felt that she was profoundly wrong. Yeah. Uh, and I felt that some of the things were not, but but but, but it's actually she, she had a point that actually sometimes it's just the level of detail you need to get into. That yeah. once you start looking below the surface of things, everything is interesting, and um, I guess that goes back to the writing a play. Yeah. You know that actually, in order to write a play, you have to get to have to get below your initial resistance and find that's the, the things interesting. Yeah. But um, but yeah, that's right. I think that. I'm not, if you said to me, you know, we, we have a youth track here, Rich, youth work. My initial impact, in, instinct is I'm not interested. It's not it, It's not something that instantly appeals to me. I dislike youth. Uh, ideally, you'd skip straight from childhood to about 25. Uh, but, uh, but of course it's interesting. Uh, you know, of course someone developing and all those different urges within them and it influences on them. Of course, that's fascinating. But, they're just a bit intimidating to meet Mm. Uh, and obviously never alone or in the dark alleys. But, um, they travel in packs so they must be feared and respected. Um, Yeah. Mm. But yeah, you're right. I think the level of detail is everything.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, Cool, very cool. Well, we we always ask um, the guests on the podcast one question just to round it off. And that is, what is your favourite scripture? Maybe all time or just for right now?
1: Uh, I think it is right now. Um, I can't actually remember the the specific chapter. So the the story that is haunting me at the moment is... um,
2: It's in two kings. And um, it's a king, I think it's Josiah. And
1: uh, Josiah, I think, comes to the to the throne in a weird way so his, his, his dad knew God and then rejected God as many of these kings do <laughs> you know, he abandoned yeah. the ways of the Lord yeah. and then um, there was a plot to kill that king okay. and then um, the people killed the people who killed the king and put the king's son, Josiah, on the throne and Josiah followed the ways of the Lord um, and as part of that he started rebuilding the temple and so he's doing a good thing right he's he's he's, he sees something wrong in the kingdom and he's trying to put it right but as part of rebuilding the temple the priests discover the book of the law Mm -hmm. and he reads him the book of the law and when josiah and i pray that it is josiah then if not you can put the correction on the screen (laughs) not josiah (laughs) somebody else when he hears the law read he tears his clothes and he repents and he weeps. And, um, and that story won't leave me alone. And because I think what I found so profound about it is the thing that he thought was wrong in the city was wrong in his own heart. And I think that I find that so challenging that so often I see what's wrong. I've talked about it today. What's wrong in the church? What things the church should fix? Oh, if only the church would listen to me. But... The corruption runs deep, you know, that, that, that my own impulses uh, are not right and need, you know, to be repented of. My own deepest urges are often need to be redeemed, need a continual work of of sanctification.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and that should give me a kind of humility. <laughs> he says, boldly pronouncing yet again, it should give me a kind of humility when I talk about what the church should do or what anyone else should do, that there is, this, there is work in my own heart okay. that needs to be fixed before I change the world. I, I, and I, I, I worry in my, in my own impulses that so often I want to go out and change the world, other things I'd like to see different. But often it requires an inner... You know, every great revival starts re- with repentance. You know, every, everything that has lasting worth it nearly always starts with a profound sense that we need God yeah. uh, in our brokenness first. Um, so that's, that's, the, that's the,
2: the verse that's been sort of nice going
1: around, yeah. thank yeah. you. My pleasure. My pleasure. Yeah. So, so I'll just pray. Oh, and we'll
2: end it all. Well, thank you for Rich. Thank you for his family. And thank you that you are just doing amazing work in his life, Lord. I thank you for keeping him safe and strong. And I just pray for Rich's meetings um, with the PhD meetings. I just pray that they go well and everything is fun and enjoyable for him to do. And I also pray for his daughter starting secondary school. I just pray that she'll make friends quite easily and won't have to make any changes or adjustments. And she'll just get to know you, Lord, on a very personal and deep level. Mm. And I just pray for our audience as well and that they just go about their day just being a great blessing, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Amen.
0: Amen. Well, thank you so much for listening and for watching. And thanks, Rich, for Perfect. being on the podcast. Um, please make sure to like the video and subscribe and share this with everyone else uh, it's been great to have you watching maybe if you want to put a comment about maybe why don't you comment your lists and twists what about that
2: yeah, and we can idea. read them
0: and get to know and yeah we just love to interact with you okay. and yeah thanks for listening and we'll see you next time goodbye goodbye, goodbye. goodbye. Right.